0: In the left center, and what a
1: play made by the rookie Brian O'Grady. Pitch. Oh, into right field. Brian O'Grady, first big league home run. Fly ball, center field, struck well. Marisnik going back at the wall. Gone! Welcome back, Brian O'Grady.
2: All right, we are now joined by a very special two-time recurring guest, friend of the podcast, Tampa Bay Rays outfielder, Josh Lowe. Josh, it's great to see you, man. It's, it's been a little bit. I think it was last June, I want to say, you were last on. So thank you for coming on, and thank you to Brian for texting you.
1: Yeah, cool. Thank you for having <laughs> me back on the pod. Do you and Brian still,
2: like, was that out of the blue, texting him, or do you guys still, like, keep up and down?
1: It was out of the blue, but as soon as I saw his name pop up, I knew exactly what it was gonna be. <laughs> um I, I was hoping he was gonna surprise me and ask me something else, but here I am.
2: Aw. I'm sure I'm sure he'll mix in like uh like you're killing it, like <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah.
1: Hey I'm man, sure keep it up. No. Yes. Just, hey, go on the pot. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I need you to do this I'm for me. No, 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 no. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But give him the hard card
2: he he's killing it in uh, in Kansas City. I don't know if you've you've seen some of his stuff. I try to put it out as often as we can. But the five Monarchs, homers right? in five games. Uh, the, yeah, Monarchs.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know a few guys in that team. Um, they're a good team. They're they're a good team.
2: They are a good team. Yeah, a lot of major league guys there. A lot of major leaguers came yeah. from there. Like, so yeah, it's it's a fun time. We're gonna get back going into. <laughs> we're gonna get him back into affiliated ball next year though so Good. that's gonna be that's, that's gonna be our plan all um, right. i say our plan because as a podcast yeah we're gonna try
1: all right i, I like it i like it <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: i wanted to start though because this summer there, you had two opportunities it was the battle of the low brothers uh i think it was the first time you and nathaniel played against each other in like a major league game or do you want to count the 2020 alt site
1: I mean, I definitely count it because I had okay. fun doing that. <laughs> I know he probably, he had fun as well, but this one was a little different for sure.
2: Because I, I think it was last time you said that in the at the all site, you like robbed him of a hit. I think that was like you did like a diving catch or something on him.
1: Yeah, he was, he was going through it and I laid out and, and caught a ball and I thought he was going to run across the field and take me out right there. But, um, he didn't thankfully, but, uh, it's a little, like I said, a little different this time around.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I saw you guys had like a hundred people, family and friends, come out for this one. Like, how long have you and him like talked about like these dates on the calendar? Is that the kind of thing when the schedule comes out, you're like, "All right, we're planning. We got June, July, Low Brothers battle." Like, did you guys talk about that series leading up to it?
1: I'll be honest, we didn't necessarily talk about it a lot because you know we play 162 games. It's like okay, it's just another day, but. You know, that series happens to be against your brother. Um, our mom was the one who was, who was talking about it and planning the most, uh, making sure people are coming or if they're not coming, making sure they're getting their tickets well beforehand, uh, scheduling wh- where people are going to stay, like Airbnb, or if they're going to get a hotel, if they're staying with my parents in this big house that they got. Um so they were really the ones that were talking about it the most. We were just kind of like, "All right, we're, we're gonna show up because we are playing a baseball game." <laughs> <laughs> the split jersey
2: and the split polo were my favorite that your mom and dad had on. Like those, that's that's all time. They have to wear those every time.
1: Yeah, she rocked it. Um, she was really excited to wear it. I was, I was better with the the jersey. I thought that she had on a pair of shoes too. That was like a, whatever, you know, they're just shoes. But I mean. You know she's a very supportive and loving mom. So she was she was wearing her outfit and having a good time doing it.
2: Oh, it was the best! They had them making the rounds. You and Nathaniel are on MLB Network all the time. It was so cool. Oh, yeah. uh, when you hit the homer against Texas, though, uh, Nathaniel's reaction is one of my all-time favorite. Just he looked like he wanted nothing to do with it. Did you guys say anything to each other? Like in that moment, you round in first, and you just see Nate there.
1: I, I said something. It wasn't necessarily. At him, but I, I yelled out of excitement, and and then I looked at his face after, and you could tell that he kind of like that's his face when he's holding back a laugh. Honestly, that like, that wasn't like a super like mad face. I could tell when he looked up and saw uh, my mom and dad, grandma, and his girlfriend sitting right there that he was kind of just like holding back a laugh, and because he saw them cheering at at his ballpark. Um, Right by first base. So he was he wasn't happy, but I know he wanted to laugh. Uh, but he didn't. So he, he kind of just kept it all under control.
2: It's one of my I, I go back and watch that clip. I watched it again this morning. it, it gets funnier every time. Um oh, yeah. that same series though, when you were on first and he applied the hard slap tag to you. Uh was that the hardest you've ever been tagged?
1: Yeah, I, I woke up the next morning and I was like I, I forgot about it for a minute. Um, and I woke up the next morning and was just kind of like, you know, stretching, getting out of bed and extending my arm. I was like, man, my tricep hurts. Like, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got absolutely destroyed by a tag on first base yesterday. And that's what we were laughing about there because he knew when he put that tag down that he got me pretty good. Um, so, but yes, that was the hardest I've ever been tagged going back into first base. Do you think it was on purpose? 100%. <laughs> There's no way it wasn't. There's no way it wasn't. On purpose. I mean, he he knew if, if he had the opportunity, he was going to slap a tag down on me.
2: Oh, you, you guys just dying laughing on first base was one of my favorite things too. Um, oh, good. All right, last last question on this though. I saw he was on Chris Rose's podcast. I think it was in the, like, the spring and he said three things. He said, you're the favorite son. Your mom would do your homework and your mom also does your laundry whenever you come home. You said there's two truths and a lie. What's the lie?
1: Uh. I don't go out of my way to go home during the season and get my laundry done. And I, I, that doesn't happen. Um, for some reason I were to end up with a basket of clothes like he would, if he were to end up with something there, like most moms, when kids come home from college, like, you know, they'll get their laundry done, but I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't go out of my way and I don't just take them home for her, her to do it. Um, but yeah, I think I'm the favorite <laughs> and uh, she definitely did some of my homework. <laughs> helped, helped, helped with yeah. some of my homework. Fine. Yeah, that's okay. It's Yeah, just, just getting, instead of going to Google, you know, just mom was looking over the shoulder maybe when I was doing something like, oh, let me see that, you know.
2: So it wasn't necessarily your procrastinating then and just sliding it over. It was just like well, hey, she's there I mean, if you need Yeah.
1: It there might have been some of that too. I didn't like I said, <laughs> I didn't I didn't necessarily slide it over. It was more of her saying, I'm tired, I want to go to bed. Let me help you finish this. And like, oh, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> so but at the same time, she on the other comment about being the favorite. The, my parents will never admit to that, but it's just kind of the way some of the things turns out, I guess, around the house or, or whatnot. It it seems like I just get more favoring from my brother because maybe I'm nicer sometimes <laughs> to my parents. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think they necessarily have a favorite. We just always joke about that.
2: Well, also you're the younger sibling, so yeah. like that. I feel like that just generally plays into it. Like Kate has a bunch That's of it. sisters, so I'm sure she can attest that like the younger one always gets you know a little bit more love and
1: attention. That's yes. fair, definitely fair. So, who right, got Kate, in go trouble
0: ahead. more when you were younger?
1: Uh, like when we were little, little both in the house, um, like,
0: like high school, yeah, yeah. I
1: don't necessarily. I think we were both pretty good, but he probably. I don't. I don't necessarily know the answer to that, but I would say it's him. I, I. don't. I don't think that I. I did much to really get in trouble in high school.
0: Fair. Sure. Um, I want to kind of shift gears. Talk about your offense this year. Obviously, mm-hmm. you're doing an outstanding job, especially in comparison to last year. One of the things I noticed was you had your hands higher last year, and this year you kind of have the bat rested on your shoulder. Is there anything? specific reason, like why you changed that approach at the plate?
1: Yeah, we, um this off season, we were trying to find a way to really just become more relaxed uh, when I go up to hit. And one of the things we kind of messed around with was where I started my hands. Um, and for me, when my hands were up higher, I felt like I had more tension in my shoulders um, standing there and I would get kind of locked up as to where if my hands are resting on my shoulders right here, I could actually take a deep breath and have all my energy, tension, whatever you want to call it, in my stomach. And that's just a more, you know, calming, relaxed spot for me. So that was one of the things that uh, we found out or, you know, tinkered with and and realized that's kind of what helped me relax. Cool.
0: I find that really interesting too, that, You made that adjustment. I remember Harrison Bader, they interviewed him last year and he said, you know, like the whole mouth guard was just for him to stay more relaxed. So just like little tweaks that you guys can fix and just little things like that. Also, the old school hitting approach and launch angle and kind of what they're trying to transition it to now as opposed to guys hitting more home runs. Is that a style that you necessarily like agree with? Because I was trying to really dissect your swing and I'm like, I don't think he does more of the new style hitting. So I'm yeah. curious, like, what your perspective on that is.
1: I mean, you take bits and pieces of, of different things. Um, obviously, everybody wants to hit home runs and, and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you got to get a good pitch to hit, and you have to hit the ball hard. And that's all that you can really control. Um, there's going to be other things that you tinker with, every single day, just because that's how the game of baseball goes. You know, it's not like it's going to be the same thing every single day. Um, You have to make those adjustments, whether it's how you're feeling that day, whether it's the the team that's coming in, playing against you, how they're pitching you, or how you're seeing the ball. So there are a few things, like I said, that, that are staples, I guess, to hitting. Getting good pitches, swinging good pitches, and hitting the ball hard. And other than that, everything else will kind of just take care of itself.
0: And I know a lot of the rule changes this year, it's been such a huge adjustment. You've had 22 stolen bases. What do you think has been the biggest advantage for you guys? Do you think it's more of like the bigger bases or limited pickoff attempts for pitchers?
1: Um, limited pickoff attempts definitely helps. Um you know, you, you get a guy to pick over twice in about early and you can kind of take a, a one-way lead and, you know, force yourself into stealing a base, which is nice. Um, but also the bigger bases just kind of helps. I don't knock on wood. I don't know if there's been as many injuries around the bases this year, which is nice to see. Um, you want to have ready to stay on the field, be healthy, um, no matter who it is. And it also kind of, in a way, you can, you can bail, bail yourself out. You can be an athlete and make an athletic slide and trying to avoid a tag. So I think they're all positive things that have helped the game so far. And yeah.
0: Was the pitch clock something that was frustrating to adjust to, or was it pretty seamless?
1: I had it in AAA last year. So I, I've I had dealt with it a little bit before. Um, it's not, it, it wasn't too hard to adjust to. I mean, sometimes it feels like it's the game's, that's when at bats are speeding up on you is because you have to worry about that. And you you forget about what you're actually trying to do during the bat. I wish we could have more than one timeout. I think that would be better for us. Um, we could be able to take a, a clearing breath instead of just only having one timeout. But for the most part, I mean, it is kind of nice, you know, you get in there and you, you get after it and then your bat's over. Uh
0: Justin.
2: I've read and I've seen you've talked about how like you learn a lot more from your failures than you do from your successes. And I wanted to talk about last season in particular, because I know you, you've talked about it didn't go the way you necessarily wanted it to when, when 2022 2022 ended and you're taking stock of how the year went, like what did you notice? And then like what other kind of changes did you make going into this year?
1: Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things in terms of, um, offense and, and hitting was that I have to be a little more direct and on top of the ball with my swings. Um, guys pitch up in the zone more. Um, they have better stuff. So you just have to be more consistent with, with your swings and your moves. Um, but also at the same time, you know, on, on the mental side of that is just to be confident myself and, and and trust the work that I've put in before the game. Um I think a big thing that I kind of implemented this year, especially early in the season, was be ready for the first good pitch that you get to hit. Um, last year, I felt like I was passive and letting the pitcher kind of come to me. And this year, I, I felt like I've kind of took the initiative of saying, all right, as soon as the the first, first good pitch comes over the heart of the plate, I'm swinging at it and I'm just letting it go. Um, and I think that's kind of worked out for me this year and it's something that I can continue to build on.
2: So glad you brought that up because Kate and I watched when you were on MLB network with uh, your pseudo brother, Brandon earlier this year.
1: Uh,
2: And you, you and D were talking about this, like that first pitch mentality and we looked it up and it was like, you're hitting, was it 571 on the first pitch this year? Um, First of all, is that something that you're aware of? Do you keep track of like stats and specific counts?
1: I didn't know. Is that, that high? Um, Yeah. I might swing at four pitches tonight. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, I mean different obviously different situations call for, for different things. Um, but I, I feel like a bunch of my at bats that I can you know remember I've come up with runners on base and you don't want to wait around until you get down in the count because your, your ultimate goal is to get those guys in. So I think that kind of just you know helps with what I said about being ready for the first pitch because sometimes that's the best pitch you're gonna get. Um, but to answer your question, no, I did not really know that I was hitting five, whatever on the first pitch, but that is good to know in case I just need to get ready for the first pitch.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely crushing it in the first pitch. Like, is that something that like you talk about in like hitters meetings too, where it's like, you're going over the pitcher for that day and you're like tendencies or, or like a lot of the time, first pitch fastball. Is that generally what you're seeing up there?
1: Sometimes, um, Obviously, you know it depends on what the guy has out there and what his arsenal is. Um, it's we just faced Miles Michaelis a few days ago and one of his big things is he kind of likes to nibble early on the corners of the plate and then go over the, the heart of the plate. So a guy like him, you're not necessarily looking for the first pitch. Um, but there are some power arms that come out there. Late in bullpen guys, that might just try and you know get over a breaking ball first, and then they just you know throw a hundred top shelf by you. So it's like, all right, well if he's gonna throw a eighty seven mile an hour spinner over the middle of the plate, the first pitch, I'm gonna sit on it and I'm gonna gonna hammer it. So yeah.
2: Okay, uh, I just saw this one. So the dugouts, like they have like the iPads in there. How are you the kind of person that's always checking the the film during the game, or do you kind of like this like watch and see like a picture with your own eyes and get a feel for them that way.
1: A mixture. Um, if I'm looking at the iPad, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it more for myself to see how my timing is. That's kind of one of the biggest things I look at on the iPad because there's times when I go up to hit and I can feel like I'm on time, but I go and watch it in the video and I see I'm a little bit late. So I need, need to realize that I, I got to get it going a little earlier. Or, or sometimes I'll watch the few uh, other guys in the lineup, um, Bilal, Rayleigh, and the other lefties to see how they're being pitched because a lot. I, I feel like most of us get pitched pretty similar. Um, so I'll kind of form a, a plan based off of how their bats go. But I do also watch. Um, I like watching the pitcher in real time to see what you know, kind of when they get into leverage counts, what, what they're going to, and what they're throwing.
2: What What's like your on deck circle routine? Like, what are you doing up there? Like, are you trying to get your timing down in that like minute or two that you're standing up there?
1: Yep. Yep. The biggest thing is just uh, trying to just clear my brain, tell myself, you know, be ready for the first good pitch that comes and um, I'm on time, if not early for, the the best pitch that he's got for me i love that all
2: right kate what do you got
0: yeah it's kind of sticking with that we also looked up some more numbers you're hitting 342 with runners in scoring position which is extremely impressive what is your mental approach and what do you kind of attribute that to is it more of just like situational hitting or i think you just maybe just thrive under pressure i'm curious
1: yeah um I, I definitely like hitting in leverage situations um, I don't I don't necessarily know what it is but I feel like in those moments I kind of just lock in more um, because I know how important it is that you know for us to score runs um, the more runs we score obviously the better it is but the better a chance that we can give our pitching staff you know I, I like our chances against anybody with the arms that we run out there Um I, I don't I don't know I just I see guys on base and I want to get them in um so I pretty much just try and do whatever it takes
0: do you have any like keywords or mental I'm gonna say like routines before you get up to the plate to get yourself set for that at bat
1: not really um I might just tell myself like kind of like what I've been saying just get a good pitch um Get, a, get something up over the plate and put a good swing on it. that's, that's about it. I don't have to um, do too much. I'm, I'm, I'm blessed with long arms and, and levers that I can just take a nice easy swing and the ball will, will go for me. I don't, I don't have to try try and hit it out of the, out of the park. Um, I just take a nice easy swing and it goes for me. so I just try, try, really try and you know tell myself to simplify and, and just do my job. Justin
2: one thing that I've always been curious about is like the concept of a platoon. Um, so throughout your career, you've oftentimes sat against lefties. How, how does that conversation first come about? Does the organization tell you like, Hey, here's our plan. Like if there's this type of pitcher on the mound that day, you'll, you'll take a seat. Like how, how does that kind of work when they try to break that down for you?
1: Um, I don't necessarily know that there's been that conversation. Uh, Um, It's more of that's just kind of how our roster is constructed and that's the philosophy that the Rays go by. I think, you know, I I think they know that all of our lefties are are capable of facing lefties every day. Um, And if they gave us the opportunity, they would would like, you know, the outcomes of everything. Um, But just the way, like I said, the roster is constructed – um how the team is you know made up that's everybody has a role what i like to play against lefties of course what everybody else you know like be an everyday player of, of course but you know that's that's kind of what we're you know we deal with and that's just how it is on our team
2: i, I know that you're a, a fierce competitor does the sitting against lefties does that give you like the extra motivation to like work harder or like in the opportunities that you do have against them to like, you know, give you a little extra juice there.
1: Of course. Um, but like, can't try too hard, you know, because then you're just going to, you know, overdo it. Um, would I have liked to play yesterday? Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough seeing the guys struggle. Um, you know, you want your, your team to do well, but I faced him before. and I hit a Homer off Libertor. <laughs> So, you know, I, I wanted to, to face him again, but, um, yeah, I, I trust the guys we have on our team to, to get the job done pretty much every single day. So
2: from like an outsider, maybe not a baseball player perspective, what is it about left on left that makes it so much more difficult?
1: Uh, I just think you don't ever see it. Uh, you, you don't see it as often. Uh, um, Different arm angles. Left-handed pitchers are, are weird in general. Um, it's, it's just it's just different than than a, a righty going up there. I don't I don't really know how to explain it. I mean, I feel like they've always got an outlier pitch, um, and you just you just don't see it as much. Like I said, but after you, after you do, I mean, it's it's pretty normal. It's just it's just another pitcher.
2: No doubt. Okay, I wanted to shift gears because I wanted to talk about the Rays Clubhouse and the great vibes going on. We had Pete Fairbanks on here a couple weeks ago, uh, which we'll talk about him in a minute. But how much of a joy is it to just like show up to the ballpark every day with the culture that exists here? And, and also, I think you've mentioned, you've, you said it's kind of like a big family.
1: Yeah, it, it really is. Um, everybody in there is just, you know, easy, easy to get along with. Um, we have the recent addition of uh, a ping pong table in the clubhouse um, and at the past two days I'm Yandi and I are now two and two and I can't wait to get to the clubhouse today to make that four and two against Yandi. <laughs> and yeah I think everybody's just you know it's it's one way it's just we can keep it loose in there um, it's not all about baseball I think you know you, you kind of get your focus off of that and You know, helps the team kind of come together. Um, Eflin got a a card table for the guys, and so there's some people that like to play cards in there. They they keep it loose, have fun doing that. Um, But everybody from the staff, uh, clubhouse guys, food room guys, um, everybody's just great people and really easy to be around
2: did see the ping pong table that looks like yeah there's gonna be some fierce battles i feel like on that thing Um, yes do do you guys do like team dinners
1: um not as much uh the pitchers do but position players we don't don't really have as many uh team dinners and there's a lot of people on the family or on the team that have families (laughs) um so you know they're always with their kids or significant others on the trips.
2: Dang. Okay. Well maybe maybe we could hang out with the pitchers then. I feel like that's a fun group. You just guys go out and yeah. get a couple steaks or something. That might be fun.
1: Yeah. Um might have to to just include myself on the next <laughs> pitcher dinner that they go on.
0: It's going to bullpen that's <laughs> fine.
1: Yeah. Oh
2: God. Your bullpen looks like the
1: best group of guys ever by the way. It yeah. is. They're they're a close knit group and they, they like to have fun. <laughs> yeah
2: um if we were to take this idea of just like a family and just like expand on it for a second like if for like the group of guys in the clubhouse who who would be like the dad of the group
1: the dad of the group
2: um you know, responsible corny gives
1: good advice jason adam is definitely the dad of the group he just had his fourth child recently <laughs> fourth girl oh my God. um yeah, so he is—he is most definitely the dad of the group, and then uh, Deekman would be the fun dad of the group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's awesome.
2: We interrupt this episode to bring you a word from the official sponsor of Not For Long Media and the Breaking Bats podcast, the Original Fudge Kitchen. It is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, North Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The Original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in-store, guaranteeing a delicious product. So stop by and let them know that Not For Long Media and Breaking Bats sent you. Check them out online at fudgekitchenswithans.com as they are shipping fudge and sweet treats all across the country. Now back to the episode. I love that. I, was, I, was, I, was yep. I saw it's also funny you mentioned Deke, man. I saw so what he hired is it like a mariachi band to follow Yandy Diaz around the other day?
1: Yeah, that was great. It was Yandy's birthday. And uh Deke decided that Yandy needed like a little Cuban mariachi band to follow him around. So from the time he showed up until about five o'clock, this little four or five man band followed him around all day just playing music and he loved it and he went four for four. So I think we need to bring that band back for him. (laughs) Have one
2: retainer the video with him just doing like in the weight room, just doing curls or something. Just there's the band there. Was that, did you get to experience some of that walking around and hanging out all day?
1: Yeah. His routine is, is pretty cool. Uh, he's in the gym every single day. That's why he's as, as big as he is. Um, but they're just like standing off to the side of him while he's working out and he's just loving it and (laughs) playing playing music for him. And he's just getting after in the gym. Ooh.
2: If you could have any band follow you around for an entire day, which band would you want to have that?
1: I don't necessarily know that I'd want to have a band follow me around (laughs) for an entire day. Uh, but I'll I'll stick with mariachi band. (laughs)
2: Yeah, especially if you know if the four for four vibes are going there.
1: Yeah, oh my gosh, I'll take a four for four if if a mariachi band will follow me around all day. I'm fine with that.
2: <laughs> You're like in the cold tub. You walk in the men's room. They're there. Yeah, I feel like that would <laughs> yeah. be that would just be the best thing ever.
1: Just um, playing some games. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So uh, one thing I wanted to talk about also was just like playing in the AL, AL East. It's a gauntlet. You have to face some of the toughest teams in baseball on a regular basis. So, like, how do you approach playing in tough environments like the Bronx, Fenway? And has there been, like, one stadium that's really given it to you?
1: Uh, New York at the beginning of the year was definitely pretty rowdy. Um, I know they haven't been playing as good as of recent. So, the last time we were there, you know, the energy wasn't really the same as it was the first time we went in there because – we had a four-game series that was pretty much haymaker, haymaker. Like, everybody, we were just punching back and forth that entire series. Um, and, you know, when when it's like that, their fans are getting after you, and they're, they're pretty loud. I mean, in between innings, playing catch with the outfielder, you know, you throw the ball up in the stands for someone to have it it got to the fourth inning and I would have to walk the ball over and find a little kid to give it to because the first three innings I'd throw it up in the stands. And then next thing you know, I'd turn around and see the ball come right back at me. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like they're just, they're just ripping it back at me. I'm like, all right, I have to go give it to a little kid now because I cannot throw a ball to you. <laughs> but how do you, how do you handle that? I mean, um, you kind of just feed off of, off of the energy that's in the stadium. You don't have to do too much. Um you know, you can feel it when you're you're walking in there. It's it's pretty loud. Um, you just go out there and you take care of business.
2: I think there was, was – there one home run in Yankee Stadium this year? It was, I think it was like a night game. And I'm pretty sure the crowd, like they, they all started to like – I think they were booing. If not you, maybe like the, the Yankees pitcher or something. You, was that – that was earlier this year, right?
1: That's happened a few times uh, this year. Um, especially earlier in the year when we were just hitting homers out left and right um i'm anytime anytime anybody in the race hits a homer in yankee stadiums they boo no matter what (laughs) they just they just don't like us they're fans um but it's it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool feeling
2: sorry guys i was gonna say kate's back i was gonna say is there a better feeling than just like making a home making a a visiting crowd just like go quiet all at the same time like i feel like that has to be the coolest thing
1: ever that's definitely pretty cool um because I, I I did that. I think it was the top of the eighth. I hit a go-ahead homer there in New York, and it was just booze raining down. And that was probably one of the the cooler feelings I've ever had on a baseball field.
2: I mean that. Yeah, that's one of my all-time favorite clips. I think we tweeted it out. Um,
1: yeah.
2: Hey, did you have anything else?
0: No, that was it. I was at that game though. That Josh.
2: <laughs> cool. Josh hit <at> the homer.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Awesome. What were the? Were- what were the vibes like?
0: It was a lot of disappointing Yankee fans. All <laughs> Disappointment.
1: That. Cut. But then they, disappointment. they were happy the next half inning when Rizzo retook the lead for them. Yes. So,
0: but they get rowdy. Yankee fans get very rowdy. So I, I always respect other like players on other teams that come to Yankee stadium.
1: Yeah, they do. They do. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, there.
2: All right. We wanted to end with like Kate. I both had some fun, just like last, last questions. Uh, she's been frozen for a while. So I'll let her do hers
0: first. All right. Okay. Let me find them. Okay. So I've always wanted to ask some of this. Do you have any pregame rituals? And if so, what are they? And if not, does anyone on the team have something really weird? I know you said Yandi has to work out.
1: Yep. Um, when we're at home, our chef makes a really good burger. Okay. And um, I've started to see the more I have the burger before the game, the better the game goes for me. And I think a few other guys have been catching on to that. They call it the CB burger because he would get every single day and he was hitting homers in the season every single time he'd have the burger. So I've been starting to hop back on the burger train before the game when we're (laughs) home.
0: Wait, that's awful. wait. so everyone on the team? Or do you think uh, just, it's only you? Like,
1: like a few guys have, okay. have definitely been doing it. Um, Fleming, when, when, before he was hurt, he was definitely ha- he was having a burger. Um, I was having the burger. CB. Yeah. It's a good burger.
2: You're young guys. Yeah, you have high metabolism. Yeah. Just be gassing burgers before the game, right?
1: It, it, I mean, it's still an hour and a half, before, two hours before the game. So it's fine. But yeah, I mean, if it works, if it has hits in it. That's fine. Do you have like
0: a post game meal that you guys always have, or does it depend on the outcome of the game?
1: Uh no, that's that's just whatever Chef E is putting out there for us that day.
0: Okay, so but definitely burger pregame. That's the way to go.
1: Yeah, it's it's been it's been the way to go recently.
0: (laughs) Justin, go ahead.
2: Uh so I didn't know this, but I saw that you were an infielder at one point. When was the last time you fielded grounders?
1: when I Well, actually, this year I fielded ground balls. <laughs> um, uh, I don't. I think it was probably last week or so. I just went shortstop and was taking ground balls with Wander. Um, but, yeah, I was drafted as a third baseman out of Pope High School. And then I went to the GCL and played third, went to Princeton that year and played third. And then um, at Instructs, they said, you're going to play outfield. <laughs> so I said, thank you. I will go to the outfield now.
2: That's so funny. I know Brian was on here and he said that, like, he's not really a third baseman, but Kevin Cash used to just rip, like, ground balls at him with his fungo. Have you experienced, like, a Kevin Cash 200 mile an hour off the bat, like, ground ball?
1: Uh, Cash, he doesn't hit ground balls anymore. He has uh, Brady Williams do it, who hits it equally as hard. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I. The la- the hardest ground ball I ever had to field was from Vladdy um, and rookie ball. When we played against each other on this worse than high school grade level field, and I thought the ball was going to hit me in the face. So, like outfield, please. Thank you. Yep, I will. I will go and play the outfield now.
0: <laughs> I've simply had enough.
1: Yep, I'm done with it. Um.
2: Oh, cool. I'll, I'll just run through a couple of last, last ones. Uh, most memorable at bat and why?
1: Most memorable bat. bat. Uh, the one off Michael King, like I was talking about in, in New York, um, taking the lead there in the eighth. That's a great
2: one. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Uh, pre-game playlist. What kind of bands, artists are you listening to?
1: Um, hmm. We have a big mix in our clubhouse from latin music to rap to house music to some rock. So, big mix of everything. I
2: like that. Yeah, Pete yeah. said I think he put on like some old school blink 182 on like the team plane. Uh yep. are, you, are you are you vibing out to some of that stuff?
1: Yep. Yep, yep. Yeah. I'll, I'll pretty much listen to to anything. If I'm feeling it that day, (laughs) there's only sometimes when I'm not, but like if whoever throws on music, like just don't let it be the really obnoxious Latin music. Sorry, other Latin players, but (laughs) there is a, a certain little genre of, of that music that I can't stand.
2: Uh, follow up on the Pete thing. What, what's your favorite interaction story memory, or just like, what's the best part about being teammates with Pete?
1: Uh, so, I mean, Pete's gonna, you talking like player or just like Pete as a person?
2: Probably Pete as a person. I feel like the player is like like one of the best closers in baseball.
1: Yeah. Uh, As a person, he's going to always shoot it straight with you. Um, and you're going to get the same guy every single day. Um, (laughs) yeah, Pete. I I feel like he's he's a very smart guy and he just kind of, you know, it's either Pete's way or the highway sometimes. So you got to, you got to be on your game with him, but no, he keeps it real. Um, I like Pete a lot. I've enjoyed getting to to know him more this year. Um, I think he's a really good person. Enjoy being around Pete Fairbanks. Yeah.
2: I don't think there's a person that doesn't, that's the best part. Um, I saw the Rays. They had a mic'd up. They had you mic'd up and you're walking around. Your, your Spanish is actually pretty good. Um, and I know that you play with a bunch of Latin guys on the team. Like how has your Spanish improved? And then how many cuss words have they
1: taught you? Probably know them all. (laughs) I probably know them. I don't know if they've necessarily taught them to me. You just have to listen to them. If, if somebody gets out, they'll say it. Uh, but I don't know. I, I feel like, um, being on this team, you kind of have to know some Spanish to really be able to, you know, get to understand them as, as people. So I, I try and do my best to, to speak Spanish to them and, you know, get to know them more. So, and it's easy when you hear them saying stuff all the time, you, you kind of pick up on things. Yeah. They, like the Spanish language, I definitely feel like it's spoken at a faster rate than English. So it's, it's tough sometimes, but, if you just kind of sit there and, and really listen, you'll be able to pick up on some of the things they talk about.
2: No doubt. Yeah. No, I, I've always heard that like guys that like, when they come over to America, like they, they, the first thing like, they teach their teammates is always just like curse words. <laughs> so, yeah. um, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, the last one I had was I saw on your Instagram. Uh, we've talked a lot about travel on this podcast lately. You've, you've been to a couple cool spots. Um, how many countries have you been to? And like, what's your favorite international destination you've done?
1: Uh, that was actually the first time I've been to Europe this past off season, but um, Rome was definitely the best. <laughs> um, that was a, that was a really cool uh, place to visit. Just the uh, the whole culture there um, felt really safe. The food, the wine, um, seeing some of the different artifacts and everything else that's that's been there for years 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 and years you know um it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around that um but yeah that was going international like that was the first time i've actually traveled uh that far it's past off season so hopefully we can do that again this year
2: no doubt yeah no that i've never left the country so i'm always curious like trying to find like little destinations that would be nice to like dip my toe in the water like yeah, just like first timers So, that's Yeah, I mean,
1: try the DR, right? That's that's close. Try that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I heard it's not that expensive. Maybe go on a cruise go to the Bahamas or something. You
1: know. Yeah, oh, the Bahamas. I've been there a time or two. Um, that's definitely a good spot to to go. A little expensive in, in Nassau, but that's all right.
0: Yeah. You still need a I'm passport, I just Justin.
1: I don't have a passport. Still, yeah,
0: he doesn't have a, a passport. Yeah. So,
1: oh, we got to work on
2: really- that part. Yeah, sure. it's 150 bucks though, Josh. I mean, it's no small it's no, no small. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <appreciate> <laughs> if you it. want a passport, All right, Kate, take us home. You, yeah. Josh oh, has a guy for say, a
0: passport. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy. That's awesome. Uh, but I think my last question would be: If you weren't playing baseball, what do you think you would be doing?
1: Um, doing anything else. I would definitely be trying to play sports somewhere. That's for okay. sure. Um, try and bulk up a lot, and maybe play football or okay. get more flexible and and play golf. Um, but if sports didn't work out, uh, I was always interested in in physical therapy stuff like that. Like help, helping people get back onto the field because they know how much it sucks being hurt. Um, so, something along the lines of that.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Cool.
2: You have the height and the speed for a wide receiver in the NFL, by the way. You could <laughs> easily, you could just do that now.
1: I might have the height and speed, but I don't know if I have the weight for it. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: What, what, are yeah. You, what are you weighing in at now? Uh,
1: it was 215 yesterday. So, that's
2: easy. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> NFL. Probably. I would, I would that's like fine. to be a little.
1: I would like to be a little bigger to get hit by a six foot four, two hundred fifty pound man, moving the yeah. same speed as me. <laughs> Definitely uh, fair. Do you st- uh, do
2: you still have that metabolism where you could eat wherever, like whatever you want, and just like not put on any weight? Is that like, has that ever been a problem?
1: Yeah, it's that's kind of my issue that I run into when I try and put on weight. I just eat, 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 and it doesn't really stick on me as much to the choir yeah
2: just i think you and i will just have to eat like 10 like pb and j's a day i feel like that's that's what anytime i ask somebody to like hey just just like just eat a bunch of peanut butter sandwiches all day it's like pretty fair yeah yeah (laughs) Ooh, last 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 one um you're a headband guy i'm an aspiring headband guy do you have any advice or like how long do you think hair should be to look good
1: in a headband uh i think you should have some flow okay i just got my hair trimmed yesterday so um but at the same time if if you can rock a headband, do it. <laughs> okay. Doesn't doesn't really are, matter. Yeah, I mean the
2: coolest headbands. It's so <laughs> I think I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to grow my hair out a little bit, maybe, and just try to get the flow going. Because that's that. There's nothing cooler than like headband. And you put a hat on, and it's just it's so sick. So yeah, right. I just, wanted, I just want you to know.
1: Respect. Harper Harper rocks it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Harper rocks <laughs> it pretty good. So
2: I love it. Uh Josh, thank you so much for coming back on here. Your return. Your recurring guest. Uh, hopefully, Brian. Next time, we'll just like check in. Just say, see how it's going. Saying so, hello. Yeah. Just yeah. Just say hey. We'll, uh, <laughs> just say hey, man. Just want to say hey. Uh, you're the so, best. Yeah. Continue success this year, and uh, hopefully, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. And before we get out of here, a special thank you to the band Stick Figure for allowing us to use today's intro and outro music.
1: stereo and everybody's getting down you can't seem to let it go running like a video you're haunted by the weight of